Let's turn our Bibles this morning, please, to John 21. John 21. Then may I add my words of welcome to everybody that's gathered with us this morning. It's a great joy to see everybody here. John 21. Well known portion. <laughs> John 21, reading together please from verse number 1. John 21, reading from verse number 1. Let us hear the word of God. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee. And two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land. But as it were, two hundred cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, Thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and thee, carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. 
And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Amen. We'll end our reading there. And we know that God will bless the public reading of the word to every heart. Let's unite our hearts together, please, in a word of prayer. And whatever words you take in these moments, take them now. To prepare your own heart and the quietness of your soul. Just lift your heart to heaven. Pray, Lord, speak to my heart. Take a moment and still our souls. Almighty God and Father in heaven, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, thy Son and our Lord, we approach again the throne of grace and of mercy. We thank thee for the blood of Christ that brings us nigh. Thank thee for the value and the virtue of the atonement. And we cry to thee this morning that thou would hear prayer now. Thank thee for the book of God and our own mother tongue. Thank thee for this passage that we have read. And we pray, O God, that in the moments that follow, you'll transport us in our minds to the very scene and speak to us as you spoke to the disciples those years ago. Hear prayer. I confess before thee my complete inadequacy to deal with what is before me now in this meeting. Forgive my sins, for they are many. Wash me now completely in the blood of Christ. Empty me of now of anything that would hinder of self and sin. And fill me now with the Holy Ghost and power. Grant that divine anointing. Grant that holy baptism. Lord, thou hast said, if we being evil know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? O God, give the anointing now. The anointing to preach. The anointing to hear with profit. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. We come today to the final Sabbath of 2019. And the end of a year is a good time to reflect on the past months. We could do it spiritually, looking over the year. It's ups, it's downs. It's failures, it's joys, it's sorrows, it's tears. The end of a year is a good time to reflect. Reflection, pondering past events with honesty is something that we all need to do at times. With that in mind, today I turn with you to this final chapter of John's Gospel. We're at Galilee where the waters are calm. The death and resurrection of our Lord has taken place. The risen Lord has a fire of coals and fish laid thereon and bread. We see that in verse number 9. It's the fire of coals that the disciples notice uh, with the food on it there. When you see verse 9, as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. The Lord having told them to Cast the net on the other side and invites them then to bring the fish that they have caught. And you know the story we've read that Peter draws that net with the 153 fishes to the shore. But verse 12, our Lord then says to these men, come and dine. Come and dine were words said by our holy Lord. To the disciples on this Galilee shore, certainly, yes, there was meat for their body. But as we're going to see, there was great food for the souls of those that were gathered that day before the Lord. 
Because what was to follow, it was just such a word and season for them. And I want to come this morning to Galilee, and I want us to take our place and sit down and watch the Lord and learn from him in these moments, and may I say, these life-changing moments for these disciples. Moments which restored Peter. Moments of public declaration. And may God this morning, over 2,000 years since this happened, be pleased to do the same again today. Be pleased to meet the need of every heart. And therefore I want to speak for the time that remains on a message that I have entitled, Sitting Down with Christ on the Seashore. Sitting Down with Christ on the seashore. The first thing I want to show you is the setting in which we see the narrative. As I've already said, the Lord is on Galilee's shore. Some of the disciples have fished all night and they have caught nothing. The Lord appears in the morning on the shore and the boat obviously being near the shore. He asked the question in verse 6, children, have you any meat? Again, the Lord was fully aware they didn't have, but sure enough, the disciples answer, no, No more explanation given. But we're told in verse 6, the Lord has told them, cast thy net on the right side of the ship, and you'll find. And they cast therefore, and again you know the story, and now they're not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. Peter pulls the net to the shore and comes to this fire, coals burning, food on it, fish and bread already there, and the Lord says to them, come and dine. Come and dine. Verse 12 tells us none of the disciples first asked him who thou art, knowing now that it was the Lord. The miracle has just made it clear this is the Lord. Jesus then cometh, taketh bread, and giveth them bread, and giveth them fish, as verse 13 tells us. He feeds these men. He's been standing waiting on them. Standing waiting on those that he loved. Standing waiting that they might come to this place. Because the Lord has something to say to them. Could it be in this meeting this morning that the Lord has something to say to us? The final Sabbath of 2019. And the scene set. The Lord speaking. And we have the book open. I say, could it be the Lord is waiting as he was here to be gracious? Could it be that he's speaking to some like these disciples that haven't done too well of late spiritually? For these disciples, the last while had been a bit of a disaster. Could it be this morning the Lord's Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him and sup with him and he with me. I say, could it be this morning in this meeting that the Lord's knocking and part of your life, part of your life that you're adamant he's not getting into? 
I have to say that would be a mistake. That would be a mistake. Because the words come and dine are a heartfelt invitation. They're words of love. They're words of mercy. They're words of wonder. Come and dine. Come and sit at my table. Come near. Come close. Let me provide for you. That's what the Lord's saying to them here. Come and partake of what I've provided. Because I want to talk to you. I have something to say to you. The fire's lit. The coals are glowing. The food's ready. And the Lord says, come and dine. Come near. Come close. I say, in the setting, he's talking to disciples that haven't done too well recently. They've had better days spiritually. And yet he comes and he says, come and dine. Let's sit down here a moment. I have something to say to you. That's the setting in which we see these words come and dine. The subject, secondly, in, in view having seen the setting, the subject was that which came up after they had dined on the provision provided by the Lord. And the subject was heart religion. And their future in religion. That's the subject that the Lord wants to deal with them on. It wasn't a question of zeal. That's not the subject. Zeal is not love. Zeal could be for many different motives. The subject that the Lord wants to speak to them about is heart religion and their future in religion. And verse 15 says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? I I say again, this is such a life-changing moment. I'm not asking you, Simon, do you love the privileges of being one of my disciples? I'm not asking you, Simon, do you love preaching? And it was a question to preachers and to a preacher. I'm not asking you, Simon, who do you think I am, as I asked you in Matthew 16, when you come out with such a great answer, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm not asking you that, Simon. I'm not asking you, Simon, do you love casting your burden upon me? I'm not asking you, Simon, do you love the fact you're for heaven? I'm not asking you that either. I'm asking you, Simon, in your heart, what do you think of me? Do you love me, Simon? Let's just leave the fact that you're saved on your way to heaven. Let's leave the fact that you're a preacher. Let's leave everything else aside, Simon. I want to know right now in your heart, what do you think of me, Jesus Christ, the Savior? It's a question of heart religion. That's the subject. 
I think it's interesting to note that the Lord in verse 15 calls him Simon, son of Jonah. As you'll be fully aware, when Jesus Christ saved Simon, in John chapter 1, he changed his name. He changed his name from Simon to Peter. But in this moment, Galilee's sure, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Why did the Lord call him Simon? Remember now, Simon was the name that was changed to Peter. Simon is the name that is symbolic with the old nature. Why did the Lord say Simon? Because Simon's behavior of late had more in common with the old nature. It had more in common with the old nature. You see, three times Simon had been asked, Are you one of this man's disciples? I know I'm not. Go to John 18 a moment. Go to John 18. John 18. Look at verse 17. I mean, it's an unbelievable scene, really, when you think about it. John 18, verse 17. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. No no ifs, no buts, no stuttering. Straight out with it. Verse 25 of John 18. Simon Peter stood and warned himself. He said therefore unto him, Art thou, art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. Go back to John 21. And now the Lord says, Simon, son of Jonah. The Lord's really saying... That's okay, Simon. Have it as you will. We'll just revert to the old me. I tell you, the atmosphere on that seashore is electric. Charged with the power of God, the voice of God, coming with such power, coming with such authority. And I tell you now, the trickling of these waves over those rocks has suddenly become thunderous because nobody else is speaking. The subject of heart religion. Let me ask something that I ask myself. I, I'm not asking, as our Lord wasn't asking, are you glad you're on your way to heaven? I'm not asking, are you glad that you can cast your care upon Christ when you're in trouble? I'm asking myself and I'm asking you in our hearts leaving everything else aside in the last Sunday of 2019 what do we actually feel toward the Son of God? Can we remember days when we loved him more? If the answer is yes we're backsliders. 
lovest thou me? The subject was also devised openly. That's important. Peter had openly denied the Lord, but the Lord would openly now ask him about his heart. How does he feel about Christ? He can't play with words in this one. He can't play with words. He can't lie. He's before Christ. You know the way of a, if somebody, say a husband said to a wife, and of course I would know this wouldn't be your case, but say a husband said to a wife, do you love me? Well, she could say, of course I love you. It may be, maybe she didn't love him just as much as she used to, but she could say, of course. Because the husband wouldn't know any better. He'd just have to take her word for it. But Peter can't try that one because Christ is omniscient. He's going to know. Can't play with words. Can't bluff it off. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Verse 16, he repeats it. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Verse 17, he repeats it. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? I say, it's not an irrelevant point. Keep it in your mind. Simon, son of Jonas. I add to that, Peter, it's not a question, can you present yourself well in public or private? The question is, what do you think of Jesus Christ? The question is, Simon, do you love the one that you're going to preach about for the rest of your life? Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? I want you to think about something else. The one that asked him is wounded. His hands are wounded. His feet are wounded. His side is wounded. I don't doubt that right around his brow he's scarred. As he was wounded in the house of his friends. And from that blessed face and from that blessed holy person, I tell you, on Galilee shore, he just asks a simple question. Do you love me, Peter? Brother, sister, if you could see into heaven this morning. He still wounded. He still carries them. In his hands, his feet, his side. Wounded for me. And the wounded Christ. Bearing the scars of the crucifixion. He says to Simon, and I'm telling you, the atmosphere is electric. Do you love me, Simon? The name Simon is not an irrelevant point. Something else that isn't irrelevant either is the fire of coals. Look at verse 9 with me of John 21, verse 9. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals. In all the Gospels, there are only two fires of coals. Peter stood at both of them. Peter stood at both of them. Go back to John 18, please. John 18. John 18 verse 17 
Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. Verse 18, And the servants and officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Look at verse 25. Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said, Therefore on him, art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I'm not. One of the servants of the high priest, being a kinsman whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again. It's all at the fire of coals. And I'm telling you, there only are two fires of coals in the New Testament, and Peter stands at both of them. It's the only other time in the life of our Lord you'll read of a fire of coals. I say to you, it's all to jog the memory of Peter, the name Simon, the fire, only ever one other occasion, the fish, one other occasion, the fish, the great multitude, that's not an irrelevant point either. This amount of fish they caught, the last time it happened was when Peter was told to leave that and come into the ministry. And it's all to jog the mind of Peter and show him where he is at this juncture with the Lord. You see, dear people, there couldn't really be a better day for such a message to my heart and your heart. I say it, it's always a good message to think about. But we're coming to the close of an old year. And if ever I knew I had a word for a meeting, it's this one. The subject of heart religion. The subject of what we think about Jesus Christ. Is the Lord this morning doing more than speaking in Galilee? Is he speaking here? And as you do, could do, like oh, undoubtedly Peter could do, as he cast his mind back down memory lane, and he could look at the times when things had definitely went better spiritually. And could there be some here this morning, and you can cast your mind back down memory lane, and you know that your love for Christ is not today what it used to be. I tell you, the Lord Jesus has something he wants to talk to you about. Because you see his love hasn't changed for Peter. Christ still adores Peter. But he needs Peter to say a few things. And he begins to bring them to this moment on Galilee's shore. I, I say to you, the name Simon, the fire, the fish, they're not irrelevant points. They're all jogging this man's memory. There are also specific words. Go back to John 21, please. Look with me there at verse number 15 again. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Now, in verse 15, when it says, lovest thou me, the word there for lovest is the word agape. 
agape. Peter answers in verse 15, Thou knowest that I love thee. The word for love there is the Greek word philio. Go to verse 16. Because the word, or the word that the Lord uses, lovest thou me, the Lord uses a word that's much stronger than the one Peter uses. The Lord uses the word agape. Peter uses the word filio. Go to verse 16. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? When he asks him again, it's the word agape. It's that stronger word. Thou knowest that I love thee. Peter uses the word filio. He doesn't use the same word as the Lord uses. The Lord listens to the answers. I say to you, let me just pause there. The Lord has already recorded your answer this morning. As this sermon's preached. He's recorded mine. In honesty before Christ. He knows how we feel about him. Verse 17. Simon son of Jonas. Lovest thou me? Now the Lord changes the word here. In the Greek. In the word. Verse 17. It is the word philio. The first two times the Lord asks it. He uses the word agape. Now he uses the word philio. The same answer. that The word that Peter had used. In the previous two answers. And then Peter says. Verse 17. Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. The word philio. Means deep affection. It's not as strong as agape. You know what Peter's saying? I do love you. Not as much as I should and not as much as you love me, but I do love you. And Peter calls the greatest witness that he can call. He calls the omniscience of Christ to be his witness. Thou knowest all things. You know I'm not telling lies here. You know I lied to the maid when I said I wasn't one of yours. You know I used language that I should never have used. Do you know something else, Lord? You know I'm telling the truth. I love you. Not as much as I should, not as much as I want to, not as much as you love me, but I love you. Thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Let us see in our hearts that we, every one, can call Christ to be our witness. Lord, you know all things. And let's all be honest. Me, you. Our love for Christ ebbs and flows like that lack. It ebbs and flows. It comes in and it's okay and it goes out and we're cold. But our resting place is not our love for Christ. Our resting place is Christ's love for us. It doesn't ebb and flow. It never had a beginning. There was a day we began to love Christ. There was never a day Christ began to love us. He's always loved us. And always will love us.
And his love doesn't change. It's an immutable love. Because the basis of his love for you and me, dear brother and sister, I've said this before, you probably know what I'm about to say, is not our efforts at living the Christian life. Because if that was the basis of the Lord loving us, let's get it abundantly clear, the Lord wouldn't love any of us. The basis of God loving you and God loving me is the finished work of Christ. And the Father so delights in the Son that he delights in all that are in him. And therefore, if I do speak to one this morning, or more than one, and you know in your heart that your love for Christ is not even remotely what it used to be, Then, my friend, you need to see that these words of tender love from the Lord to your heart come, come near, come close, because the Lord's love hasn't changed for you. Yours has changed. But you apply that truth. The Lord still loves me. The Lord still delights in me. And like the prodigal, you arise and go to your father and say, I'll confess before heaven. I've sinned. I've lost out. Peter had lost out. Are there others here and we need to say, Lord, increase my love for you? You see, the Lord, the Lord loves all his people the same. But not all of Christ's people enjoy the same tokens of God's love. If we grieve the Lord by carelessness, attitude, temperament, we're not going to enjoy a sense of God's love upon our lives. We know he still loves us, and that won't change. We're not going to be enjoying it because we're going to be grieving him. John was the beloved disciple in that he enjoyed so much of the love of Christ. I fear that many in Christendom who hold the great cardinal doctrines of the faith and they know God loves us today, tomorrow and forever and he does. But not all believers experience the same enjoyment of it. Holiness will bring it near. Carelessness, you'll miss out. Jude said in his little epistle, keep yourself in the love of God. Don't allow things. Doesn't mean you can lose the love of God. Doesn't mean you can get to a day where God no longer loves you. Impossible. Heresy, actually. It means make sure you enjoy it. You're not doing that which grieves the Lord and you have to spend your time repenting and trying to get back to Him. In 2020, walk with Him.
What about the future? The other part of the specifics. Look with me please at the end of verse 15, 16 and 17. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Do you note that? They're the Lord's sheep. Let me say something in that. The Lord never employs those who don't love him to look after that which he loves. There's the qualification. There is the qualification of a man of God. I remember saying this in England one day when I preached. And in England many people in pulpits not even see it. I remember saying here's the qualification. You show me a man in a pulpit that doesn't love Jesus Christ and I will show you a man that Jesus Christ never asked to go into that pulpit. Because the qualification of the shepherd of the flock is that you love the shepherd. And if you don't love the shepherd, you'll never love the flock. When the Lord said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, he was also saying to Peter, you know what, Peter? Let's just put the past behind us. I'm not finished with you. I have a work for you to do. A mighty work. But Peter had to learn these lessons. But what a future Peter had. Failure didn't end his ministry. And failure doesn't end the life of a Christian. But at the end of 2019, Peter had to, well, not in 2019, Peter didn't have to, but we have to do what Peter had to do. Sometimes the Lord has to remind us of where it all went wrong. As he did with Peter, the name Simon, that's okay, Simon, we'll revert back to the old name. The fire of coals, the fish. And at the end of 2019, wouldn't it be good if myself and us all took stock and said, you know what, Lord? I love you. But I don't love you as much as I want to love you. And Lord, take me into 2020. Let's close the door in 2019 and we only take with us the memories that will help us not to make the same mistakes again. And we go on with God. And we blaze a trail. How sweet those words must have been to Peter. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. I'm not finished with you, Peter. Recommissioning of this man. I have a mighty work for you to do, Peter. What a work he had to do. Peter was going to preach in an awakening. Day of Pentecost. Peter was the one in Acts 10 that opened the door to the Gentile world. But I tell you, 
Here's the pivotal moment. The Lord gets them onto that seashore. He says, I need to talk to you. I want to talk to you about heart religion. Where are we this morning with the Lord? I could go on, but I'll not do it. Where are we? To you who walk with God, keep yourself there. Give no place to the devil. Because you can be 100% sure in 2019 he tempted you, in 2020 he's going to tempt you too. You who are cold. I say this in the name of Christ. He would say to you this morning, it's time to get rid of what came in between you and me. That's what he would say. Walk again. Could I speak to any in this meeting? And you're not saved. And you've never come to Christ. And on the final Sabbath of 2019, it finds you out of him. My friend, what would the Lord say to you? He would say, come now. Let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they'll be as wool. In other words, come My blood will so cleanse that sin away that there'll not be a trace remain but come. And you'll leave this meeting if you do come. And you'll begin a journey not only into 2020 but you'll begin a journey to heaven and to home but you've got to come. Repent of sin. What does that mean? It means... Goodbye, sin. Faith toward Christ. Welcome, Lord Jesus. Will you take the step? And I can tell you in the authority of that book, Christ says, All that come, I'll never cast them out. And whosoever calls in the name of the Lord, They'll be saved. And you who are unsaved especially. Wave farewell to the old year. And far more importantly. Wave farewell to the old life. And go into a new year with Christ. Walk with him. And serve him. And live for him. May God write his word. On every heart. For his name's sake. Let's unite our hearts together please in prayer. Just in the silence of these moments. As the spirit applies the word. Ah my friend if God has spoken you know what you need to do. Even the quietness of that pew do it. You want to talk to me after the meeting, there's no problem. 
But whatever you need of your heart, you do it now. Commune with Christ, as Peter did. Get the past put in the past. Lord, take your word. Apply it by the Spirit. Let the blood of the Lamb prevail. Glorify your Son. And abide with us now. Continue with us in our closing praise. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.